0: Welcome to This Week in Fast Pitch, the podcast that keeps you up to date on the latest news, insights, and analysis from the world of fast pitch softball. Powered by 643, we bring you the stories behind the scores, the personalities behind the players, and the strategies behind the game. Whether you're a fan, a coach, or a player, we've got you covered with expert analysis and insider information. So sit back, relax, and get ready for a deep dive into the world of fast pitch softball. This is This Week in Fast Pitch, powered by 643, with your hosts, Jimmy Thomas and Kevin bednosky.
1: Wow, that sounded professional, guys. Not bad, right? Yeah, that
0: sounded great. All right. All right, well, we are here at the Salisbury Center, a very special edition to This Week in Fast Pitch. As always, I'm here with my giant panda co-host, Jimmy Thomas
2: coachy always likes to reference my size
0: it's, it's like that chair looks like a high chair right now <laughs> the chair looks a little
1: small when you sit in
0: it at six foot six and again very special thanks to uh, jeff salisbury at, at salisbury center for hosting us at uh, this week in fast pitch this this uh this episode and scott our engineer behind the glass thanks so much for uh for taking care of us today appreciate it and our special guest uh assistant coach and much much more at Shenandoah university uh Kevin Schaefer, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, I didn't mean to bum rust the show. Usually the guest doesn't open by saying that was great. Sorry. No, you, <laughs> hey,
0: look, you put a microphone in front of somebody and you just roll, right? No, it's good. We we've got a we've got a fantastic conversation lined up and and we're so excited just to be in your facility here as well as uh, as take a chance to talk with you a little bit more about everything everything and all things softball yeah. here in Northern Virginia, so. Thanks for having me. Thanks, appreciate it. So, um let's let's just start a little bit with your story you you are a bit of a renaissance man <laughs> would you would, you know i don't know if that's how you define yourself or too not. many jobs is that yeah. how you say it politely <laughs> that was is that the,
1: the term <laughs> i was gonna use politely <laughs> yeah. yeah it's 16 jobs that's what it is yeah so yeah. yeah you know um definitely got some things going on in life i don't like to sit around that's for sure and, and when i get bored uh i figure out something else to do so uh you know the career fireman you know i started out playing baseball like every other little kid you know in the world it said it's baseball or bust you know i'm never i don't have anything else to do uh hey, I, st-
0: I still think i'm going to be a shortstop for uh, the New York hey, Yankees. hey
1: listen and the yankees were my team back yeah. when i was a kid because right. i grew up in florida and in florida when i was growing up there were not you didn't have the rays and you didn't have the marlins so every team came to florida they didn't go to arizona they didn't go anywhere else so you got to pick and choose if you lived in Florida, which team you rooted for. So the Yankees were it. Like I have pictures of a, myself, what is an eight-year-old playing catch with Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson oh, wow. and Bucky Dent. And and I'm like, all right, this is it, right? So this is all I'm going to do. And I never grew up. So I never got taller. Uh, I got out of high school. Uh, I, I went directly to a Reds tryout because I ended up making friends with Pete Rose's son. And... He was going to the tryout. I'm going to the tryout. I stayed there for six days, and they told me I was too short. They said their exact words were, hey, we need you to be taller. Uh, and I was like, I'm not sure that's going to happen here with Tiny Tot, Tim. And I thought the end of the world was coming. A week later, uh, I got reached out to by the Astros, and I stayed with the Astros for about, twenty. About I'd say, exactly 26 days. I know exactly how long I played. Um and they used the same terminology, and that's none I knew that the world was coming to an end. When the the same, they didn't, they weren't like they called each other, and but at least the Astros wanted to send me to the Mexican Instructional League, and I was not going to Mexico in the '80s to play baseball. I could see making one air and Castro, or you know, uh, somebody just crushing me, right? So. Uh, I decided I didn't. When, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was running around looking for jobs. You know, I took odds and ends job, security guard at 18, 19 years old, uh, UPS. I didn't know what I was going to do and I went by a sign one day that said fireman, and that was it. So I've been a fireman now for 33 years. Wow, 33 awesome. years. Thank you so
0: much for that, and
1: yeah. thank you
2: for everything you do to help yeah, uh, protect the public. Well, so, also a TV personality with Fox and Channel Seven, right? So how did that come to? Yeah, fruition? so.
1: That's kind of funny because my grandparents, as a kid growing up in Florida, owned a roller skating rink, right? So this is a little embarrassing. The girls never, you know, on the softball team, they never they never believe anything I say. But uh, I, I, I roller skate better than I walk because the best babysitter on the planet when your parents are working is to ship them off to grandma and grandpa at the roller skating rink, right? So you go over there and you roller skate and you roller skate. So I've been roller skating forever. But as the limbo I, and all it, that. All kind of, of it, man. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Wait a
0: minute. So... Can we break for a hot second? Because I'm a product of the '80s as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I don't know if Scott can pull up stuff while we're talking or not. <laughs> he but can. Like, but like top so- top roller skating songs of the '80s. Okay. Go.
1: Um. See, so you're probably not going to be in the same boat as me when you start talking about Planet Rock. Or you start talking about like uh, rock with you like michael jackson no not no. usually for me okay not usually for me now so i was gonna tell you because when you start talking about that i dj that's how i got into media yes. right because i was a dj at 12 years old 1982 i've got a thousand people roller skating because that's when it was big and they trusted a 12 year old to be in charge of the music for that so you start talking about those kind of things so but all of those, I would play some Michael Jackson in between. Don't get me wrong. You know, if he was playing uh, um, uh, PYT or you're, you're playing all of the songs that he played, you know, Off the Wall album, those yes. kind of things, sure. But that's how I got started in media.
0: And Another brick in the wall, Pink Floyd. All, all of that. that was yeah, always yeah, you in know, what's funny ring.
1: was as, as a kid in 1978, you thought that the song was old, but you start like Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. And you're like, all right, this has got a cool beat to it, right? But as you got older, now I'm, I'm sitting here playing different, you know, more hip hoppy songs as they came out, you know, with Grandmaster Flash and, and, you know, the message and you start talking as long as it wasn't White Lines by Grandmaster. Flash. No, I didn't yeah. play White Lines. You can't play that <laughs> the one. rank owner wouldn't yeah. let me do that. <laughs> so, but there are, there are different things that you could do. But so I got, when I got into the fire department, I started doing an event called the firefighter combat challenge. And, uh, that's an event you guys have probably never seen. It was on ESPN uh, but it was always on at like one o'clock in the morning, you know, right after the dogs that catch frisbees yeah. or something. You know, so it wasn't like it was a high quality thing before the ocho, right? It was way before the ocho. I've seen it. They get the ladder up on the wall. It's yeah, all the of it. The fire yes, the yes. The we got to oh, yeah. we got to squirt water and do all this stuff, right? So it turned out to be a pretty pretty big thing in the in the mid nineties. Okay, so one day uh, after I'd competed for such a long time and I'd done pretty well in the events, uh, they they had rolled into town uh, down in Memphis, is where I was at the time. And they held up the microphone because their play-by-play guy was supposed to be the local weather guy. And the local weather guy didn't post. And they held it up. This is so strange to me that ESPN would do this. Does anybody have any broadcasting experience want to help us? They just, that's how they did it. And I, and so, so the guys knew because my side job was still, I would still DJing at roller skating rinks from the fire department. I would just go, that's how I just He's made like, side yeah, money. Does. So they all shoved me out there Point. 20 minutes later, I'm hired by ESPN and I'm doing play-by-play on ESPN for the firefighter combat challenge. Well, I'm like, all right, this is it. You know, like I, I've, I made I've made it, i made it. Like I'm mom, you yeah. don't have to get, you don't have to work anymore. You know, <laughs> like you're good. Um, so that kind of st- i stayed with that uh i traveled around the country if it wasn't for them i wouldn't have got to see everywhere you know i've been to all 50 states i've done uh media in all 50 states got to meet a lot of different firefighters and uh it was just a great experience so uh, as i as i make my way back here i'm working for the city of manassas um uh you know i, I was like all right what's my side job going to be i ended up working at a bar djing at a bar side job jeff and I meet, I think it's 2007, something like that. So the owner of the Salisbury Center in 2006, somewhere around there, is that right? Maybe earlier, 2005. All right, 2005. I left. So after 2005, Jeff was running a bar, and he and I, he and I had a conversation, and he's like, "Come on over." And it's just so. Ever since then, it was I was DJing for him and working in the fire department. And the place that we worked, and this is probably, you guys will probably both know this, but nobody else will, and this is probably boring everybody at home, but he worked for a place called O'Mara's, which was Don and Mike. Don and Mike. Right, right. the the Don and Mike show. Yep. So Mike O'Mara owned a bar, right? So I was like, hey, Mike, uh, what do you think about me being on the radio? And Mike said, no chance, you're terrible. <laughs> right? So Jeff and I said, screw you, we're going to start our own podcast. And so we were a little bit of ahead of our time. We started a podcast in 2009 and got picked up by television, got picked up by 106.7 The Fan, and that's how it all got started. And that was a long story to get to that. Sorry. No, it's good, but none of it was planned. That's what's great about it. None of it it was planned. I I didn't think I was going to be on the radio or television. Are you kidding? Had no idea what I was going to do. So was... What was the transition to coaching? So it's funny because I got asked, I played slow pitch softball uh, forever, right? Because, you know, there's nothing for us old guys to do. I didn't want to go play wood bat and I didn't want to go play baseball. I felt like it was super boring to watch guys throw 20 pitches or throw over to try to pick a guy off at first base 10 times and he's only three steps off. I hated all of that. I love fast pitch softball. I love watching it. I got asked to coach uh, fast pitch softball for the local high school team in 2000 and I was like, okay, and they said it'll only be for the fall. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll just be quick. Because back then, the high school coach couldn't coach the fall and the spring. Okay. So, so the high school coach couldn't do both. So I went in and coached the fall. I was hooked. I didn't. I've never picked up another baseball. Never coached another baseball team. Uh, the girls were great. The attitudes were better. I didn't have. 25 Bryce Harper's trying to be cool with, you know, the, the sunglasses, the seeds, the hats backwards. I'm too cool to go out and hustle. The girls are so, the attitudes are so much better. I would much rather coach 20 fast-pitch softball teams than one baseball team. And um, not to say that that now that baseball, Major League Baseball has helped with the time limit, the, the things that are happening much quicker, but, baseball, but softball is where it's at. And then um, I coached high school softball all the way up until about three years ago. I no, know it's no.
2: funny. It's it's such a personality thing. And he mentioned the the girls versus boys. But the first time I ever met coach Schaefer is uh, he's buddies with my daughter's travel coach, coach Garza. And he just came out to a practice. We were at over, over at, over at OP. And uh, the girls didn't know who coach Schaefer was. You know, we kind of filled him in and he came out. And the first thing he did was walk out on the field with Frisbees. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell are we about to do with some Frisbees? <laughs> right. So he tells all the girls to throw their gloves on the ground. Uh, grab a ball for your throwing hand and head on out to left field. And he starts throwing frisbees out in the left center field and the girls are tracking the ball. And it just developed into this great drill, right, where they had to track the frisbee, catch it, throw the ball to a target. Uh, They were working on... Their, good, feet. You know, yeah. good feet, yeah, feet, yeah, Every High coordination. There was a little bit of running in there, so it was, it was incorporating a lot of different things. But the girls were having a blast, yeah, you know. And he brought a great energy. And then they did it behind the plate, where he was throwing frisbees up <laughs> over the backstop, <laughs> and the girls were coming back. But my point is, they never met him before. He just showed up. They had a blast, and now it's like, man, when can you get Coach Schaefer back to the field? <laughs> because he just brought a different energy, you know. And he and you could tell by you know our conversation here that just brings a nice light. good. Yeah, energy, you know, you and, feel.
0: and it. if you follow Coach Schaefer on social media, I'd, I'd highly encourage you to do so because he is so, it, it. how did you decide to just continue to be so invested in the local communities and the local travel teams? And, you know, every, every week you're out there just on your own dime, on your own time, yeah. going to visit another travel team. I know you met with a good friend of mine, John Fulcher, and his yeah. team, and you met with Garza's team, and, you know, you're out there. Talk to us a little bit about a, why you're doing that and how you're accomplishing that and, and, and what it is that you're trying to get out
1: of it. I think that it's important for the girls at a younger level to understand what they are trying to get to, what the goal. Everybody tells them they have a goal. Do they have that goal? Do they want to go play college softball? Because what I've seen since I've been at college is when they land there, they're not prepared. They're not ready for that. They just think all they've ever been taught is by their travel ball coach, right? And, this, and they get told by a travel ball coach or – you know, the other players like, yeah, I want to play for I got to play for Radford. I got to play for JMU. Oh, I'm going to Alabama. Oh, I'm going to Oklahoma. You know, this is I want to do that. I see it on television. And I think that they need to be prepared a little a little more about what their day is going to be like, how they're going to, you know, ex- be expected to act. You know, they so far the whole time, it's like, Mom, I need you to come pick me up. Mom, I need lunch. Mom or hey, Dad, I need this. Hey, I need that. Once they get to college, that all kind of goes away. And I, I've seen so many kids, unfortunately, fail because they're not ready for that. And I think once I go to these practices and we have I, I, the, the best part about practices is at the end, when I when we have the, the question and answer, when we, you know, they get to ask questions and somebody is being so abrupt and upfront and telling them, hey, this might not be for you, right? Have fun right now, but this might not be your thing right now. And uh the others are like you can see they're engaged and they're like they take it as the challenge and you watch you watch how good I'm going to be at this. Now, did
0: you take that same attitude in coaching style when you were doing the high school stuff for all those years? I did,
1: <laughs> I did do that. And, <laughs> That's tough for high school.
0: And and uh, uh, the reason I ask that is because you're talking to two yes. high school coaches as yes, well with great programs, and, by the way, and two two travel coaches as well, right? Correct. So we're kind of all in that same little bit of that same history in that same ballpark. And I know, you know. Coach, Jimmy and, and I both have some similar concepts where we try to run our high school practices, even though the talent level might be very wide. Mm-hmm. We try to run them, <clears throat> excuse me, as if it looks and feels like a college sure practice and a I, college
1: program. And I, I did the exact same thing. Now, it's different because you are kind of uh, high school is kind of that where you're hamstrung a little bit where. These are the kids that you get to pick. You don't You don't get to pick your kickball team like we do in travel. It's not like we have this tryout and we go, yes, we're going to take her. We're going to take her. You are given what you are given in high school, right? Now, there are some people who come to that high school because you're coaching and they figure out, you know, hey, listen, I can take this class at this high school because it's legal, right, because I can take it and I want to play at this high school. But there are some th- high school teams that you're like, man, let's just get through catching and throwing, right? And you, you have this level of... That's different. Right. So you have to either bring it down or build it up. Either way it goes. I'm teaching structure at high school. I'm teaching. We're going to warm up this way. We're going to show up this way. Uh, at practices, I made everybody wear the same thing, right? We don't get to just show up. Uh, you know, like I train, I, I taught everything at high school to prepare them for college to get to college. Hey, I forgot my shirt today. So I'm wearing this one. Nope. Sorry. You're not practicing today unless you go find the shirt that you were supposed to wear. Hey, I didn't Hey, I I, I think I left my glove somewhere else. Okay. Not 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 my problem. I'm not going to run around looking for a glove for you. So, I am teaching these kids uh self-lessons for when they get out of softball period. You know, you're not going to show up for a job and say, "Hey, hey uh, McDonald's, I forgot my uniform." Yeah. That's not how this works. So, right. just teaching that way is is what I feel like is the best. I mean, coach, you talk about it a
2: lot. I mean, in Green Days, you'll teach them how to Rake the field.
0: Yeah. Right? It's what we did yesterday uh, on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I, I love that. I love that. Now, to, by the way, today <laughs> it's it's not raining a drop today, but guess what the last part of practice today is gonna be? Teaching what? them how to tarp.
1: Oh, right. oh good. That's a great I was just getting ready to tell you, the greatest thing so far about being in Shenandoah in the D3 is the The turf. turf. (laughs) Let me tell you, all we got to do is shovel snow. Right. Like, it's always lined. It's the biggest thing that you hear people complain about when I'm on the college tour, the circuit now, when we're working some of these camps. Man, I hate turf. I hate turf. I said, well, what do you have? Well, I'm a dirt. We have dirt. And I said, you hate turf until you have turf. When you don't have to drag it, line it, pick weeds. Uh, cut grass you don't have to do any of that the, the the field looks the same for practice as it does for games you will love turf. I you will learn players, to love
2: it. The players like the turf.
1: Too, oh, they okay. they they love it. They love right. playing on the turf. The hops are the hey, same. My, if I get that nice two hopper, yeah, yeah oh, right. the hops are the right. same. The they, you know the, it changes a little bit when it's wet because it skips a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. not that much.
1: Yeah, and it's always nice. It's always nice. Optically, yeah, it just looks better. Oh, it always looks. Better. Let me tell you how great it is. Because you know, the outfield's green in January. You're right.
0: right. We're we're you know at the high school level, I know that they've. Flirted with the sure. idea of some turf, and, and sure. at a minimum, maybe the turf infield and leave the leave the Bermuda right. out in the in sure. the outfield, which I think would be a fantastic idea. We don't lose games because of the outfield; we it, lose games because of the infield, correct right. Correct and when you have such a short season and you're playing 20 games in high school. Yes, um, and the and you know the the are the high school fields are community use fields as well. Yes, so the travel teams, the house league teams are using it. Um every night every you know, night. while we're not in season so it's get, it's taken a licking all the time um I know coach yeah. we we're, we're we're at the we're at our own respective fields constantly trying to clean up after yes. after everybody that uses it all the time every time the turf the turf it's like the turf saves it and yeah. I don't
1: understand how school and and I get it I so they built the high school that I was at they built a brand new complex right because they had to move some things around they built a new elementary school they had to do a bunch of stuff so it was you know before they they, they the, it was the ground was a clean slate. And I'm like, why aren't we putting turf into this? And I was, my, the exact words were softball and baseball are a niche sport. There's only one thing that can be played on them. So all the rectangle fields are going to be turf because they're used all the time. Yours is going to stay dirt. It's much cheaper. In the long run, if the administration and school boards would look at this, not cheap. it's not cheaper. Yeah. It's actually way cheaper to build a turf field and not pay a guy to drag it or pay a guy to cut it or have a mower that can break down. Or have to fill the gas up so it's way better plus you hardly ever get rained out i can't remember the last time we were rained out now we've had rain delays because yeah. of lightning but we've never been rained out so we've never had that problem
2: have you ever seen ops playing surface osborne parks yeah yeah, yeah. i mean how much if, time does he do you put there, into that? if
1: there is a high school that is in dire need of a turf field that one is it oh man that one is it and oh. i feel they just did their football field and their football field is 20 feet from their softball
2: field wait a second did i get him backwards what's osborne one of them is beautiful though
1: osborne mine is mine was ours okay okay. osborne so op uh yeah op is in dire need need. and then hang on jimmy uh, adjust your mic there i don't know if we lost you there for a second good yeah there we go gotcha so um but osborne so once they they came in and did it, I, I you know I went to work on this thing. Like you've, I, you've put hours yeah, and hours yeah. into. But that but deal. you have to be there every day. Right. You could like it's not like turf where I'm at, when I'm at Shenandoah, I just show up and it still looks the same as I did when right. I left it six months ago. So the, the you know I worked every day. But I mean the, the whole progression for me was is I wanted to host states and I wanted home and away cages, I wanted home and away bullpens, I wanted a turf. So I built a turf practice field so the teams could throw and practice on turf. Uh, you know, I I put locker rooms. I put locker rooms for the umpires. Uh, you know, I, I, everything that I could come up with for them to have an excuse not to have it, I I, I eliminated that. So what's well, beautiful over there? Yeah. Nice. So yeah, Osborne's a nice spot.
0: So talk to us a little bit about your transition to coaching in college. Best right? thing I ever did. How did it happen? <laughs> yeah, because you're you're talking to somebody that's
1: yeah getting thinking,
0: there. Would like to get there. Getting you know, there. And yeah. thinking through that. Talk talk to us a little bit about how did it happen what was the opportunity and then, you know, sort of what it is you're hoping to gain out of that, that opportunity. And, and you know, now that you're a few years into it.
1: Yeah. So this is my uh, start of my third year, fourth three and a half years ago going into this. And it was by far like a breath of fresh air. Cause you coach high school so long and you deal with parents because they are high school kids. You deal with administration so much. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be another head coach because of that, what I've been through from 2000 to 2020 or so in there. Uh, I like being the assistant coach. You know, I like going, hey, you need fungo? Hey, you need front toss? You want me to teach you how to turn double play? Cool. I don't care about buses. I don't care about uniforms anymore. All of the little things that parents and kids don't know that head coaches do. Uh, So, but I think that um, the transition for me was fantastic because now I have about 26 to 27 girls on the team that are all there because they wanted to be there. They, They tried since 8U. To 18 u to get there right and they are all now once they are there they're trying even harder to make the starting nine and it is such a breath of fresh air because you know that as head coaches in high school a lot of times we have to be motivators right they are very self-aware at the college level what they have to do to get where they're going and i think that's probably the biggest thing that i've seen is that it is time for me to try to get to the starting nine and then when they don't make the starting nine there are other girls there that they got to talk to and they don't they don't sit there and complain a whole lot well i should be starting over this girl very self-aware when you see who's out there that the coaches know what they're doing and you're like hey i got to try harder i got to beat that girl out you know i'm pulling for i'm pulling for her to do great but i need to do better than her so
0: yeah i mean you know we we talk all the time parents you know at a lot of levels like oh coaches have favorites coaches have favorites it's like well we the favorites are the ones that just work yeah. really hard. Yeah, right? they try harder. They're they're just the ones. Like, yeah, they you
1: know. they they are. And but but the funny thing is is and the other thing that I tell all the girls when I go when I talk, this will be the first time in your life during softball during your softball experience that there is somebody there that sole purpose, sole full time job is to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing on and off the field. Not your mom. Not your dad. So like even when we coach high school and we coach travel, when I was when I was doing those things, it, that that I have a real I have a big boy job, right? And they like, hey, I can't get a hold of Coach Schaefer. Hey, I can't get a hold of Coach Kevin because he's at his job or he's doing this. That's not the case. Like, hey, I messed up in high school, but my travel ball coach never know. Like, I, I I knew their grades, but maybe I didn't know their grades. They didn't go to my high school. Now we do. Like, there is somebody there for you all the time. But I think. The, the you know the other thing is is as coaching travel and we both know that we travel around and we coach to travel that we get to interact with those college coaches and over the time i would listen and learn from those college coaches because they start to talk about staff and you would hear oh we're losing this coach or we're losing that coach so i very quickly got with uh courtney allen out at shenandoah who's the head coach and i said coach uh you know i hear that you only have two i would love to come out and be a part of the staff she was very quick. She watched me coach. She understood the philosophy. We, were, we we speak the same language and I couldn't be happier. Our coaching staff out there right now is by far the easiest uh, laid back group of grown ups. You know, a lot of times you get with some grown ups and you're like, oh, I don't agree with that, I wasn't brought up that way. Uh, that is not the case. She doesn't treat me like the assistant, you know. Eventually I but you know the respect is there because that's her full time gig. So, you know. She is so good. God bless. She's so good. And the assistant coach uh, that was there who has recently left, we were part of that staff together. She was so good. Also, uh, I don't, I, you know, I just, so it's hard for me to see myself going to coach for somebody else besides coach Allen. It's, it's a tough, it's a, it'd be a tough, you know, everybody kind of moves around. It'd be tough for me to leave. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean,
1: you know, the, the, the
0: challenge at the collegiate level, right. Is the, the coaching merry-go-round is, a, yes. is a real thing. Yes. You no, know, it, it's, and keeping track of everyone is sometimes yes. a little bit. Yeah, no, difficult. it's
1: the I call it the NFL movement. Every year after the NFL season's over, how many head coaches get fired, and they land somewhere else? But yeah. you, that owner just watched him poo-poo it up at another team, like go like two and fifteen. You know, like well, that guy must be good. He went two and fifteen. Let me hire him for my team. So that's what I don't understand about it. It's not too much difference in yeah. college softball. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Before we kind of got rolling, we talked a little bit about how freaking good Division Three softball yeah. in the Commonwealth of Virginia is. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the, the competitive dynamic and the landscape of Division Three softball. And I I just we think that the, the average high school player that's that's de- doesn't understand. They're right. not educated about how good well, especially around this here is. i mean
2: we've had such success with jmu and tech and in and the, and the college world series that i think they just forget or maybe they just were never informed but it's sure. such a blessing to have yeah the amount of d3 schools that we have that play at such a high level in virginia Somehow we got to get
1: these athletes on board and, and let them know that you know. <laughs> I think uh, great softball. Every kid wants to do what they see on television, right? And D three doesn't really hang out on television. All you see are you know the big D one, the Power Fives on television, and JMU really pumped the area up when they made it to the College World Series with Odyssey doing such a great job. I saw you guys had Odyssey on you know before, uh, you know you you guys. Um, I, I don't think the kids understand that the D3 level is so good, especially in the ODAC. I can't remember the absurd number I might have. Don't s- quote me on the numbers. or It was something like somebody from the ODACs won the national championship, D3 championship, seven out of the last 13 years or something like that. It's, it's something crazy. And my biggest thing for them is to try to explain to them in the ODAC and in Virginia, I cannot go out and find what I call, I'm just going to play D3 player to play in the D3. I can't in the ODAC. I have to go find the D1 player that says, I don't really want to play on a big campus. I'm good enough to go play D1, but I want to I want to come down to D3. One thing is, is that if you're that good, you're probably going to play all four years. You're probably going to start as a freshman. When you get to D1, you have to figure out, I'm probably going to have to play behind somebody for a couple of years until I get my junior senior year. Do I want to sit two and play two, or do I want to play four? Especially in the ODAC, where it's the competition is so good. So, I, you know... Just being here, and when you get out there, it's like you, your expectations as a player it's like it's D3, and you almost feel deflated, and you shouldn't because when you get out there and see the level of play at the D3 level, our practices are so intense every day that it's unbelievable, right? And then when you go watch D1, you're like, that's really not that much different in practice, right. and that's not really that much different in a camp. And when we go work with these coaches, that you say, Oh man, I really like that girl. I really like this D three player. I, I wish she to come to you know uh, Virginia Tech. I wish she to come to Virginia. You know, but she's playing for D three, and a lot of the experiences are the same. They still get to travel and go to regionals and go to world it's series the same. and do all that. Cool it's just not on ESPN, yeah. so they don't get to see it. Right. right? right. So, yeah, I,
0: mean, I had a we had a young lady that um, uh, two years ago she she was a senior. She had Division one opportunities. Um, and she's like, "No, I'm gonna go to this ODAC school because I want to play and I want a potential to win a national championship." Yes, and that's why I went there.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we have a trainer at six four three who just what? won one right at, at with uh, with CNU, and yeah. she sp- just speaks so highly of her experience and the, yeah. and the that she had at the World Series, and
1: so, you know, she'll but, never but, forget it. It's just it's such a uh, it's such a turnoff for college coaches when you're at these things, and they go, "Yeah, my dad tells me I'm D one." But you hear that all the time. <laughs> My man. dad tells it's, me you know, I'm D one. <laughs> unfortunately, that's just a thing that they that the kids <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, you know, D one or bust. Yeah, or, you know, I, 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 I'm like, I on. don't. Okay, you know, go go see how that works out for you. I'll see you in the transfer portal, right? <laughs> we'll see it all. Yeah, I right? like, won't see it all. Yeah, I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you. You know, in two or three years when you realize. But I I do tell them. I do tell them all. The D three is a little bit different than D one because of the times that we're allowed to practice and the times that we, you know, the the NCAA, which I still don't understand because the kids are the kids, right? That's the same. I don't know why we had different rules in D2 and D1. Uh, That really, you know, puts me on full tilt when when the NCAA does that. But they're like, well, Well, D3 kids are working on academics. What, you don't want the D1 kids to work on academics? You don't want that? Because at the end of their four years, they may, the 1% may get to go play at Athletes Unlimited, maybe. Maybe maybe they go play in Tokyo or uh, Australia. But at the end of that four years, the only way that we get to make our money back is for you to go coach. Yeah, like you, there's there is no end game for us, unfortunately. Which I, I, I you know, uh, to not to sidetrack that, but I've been working on. I, I like the best kept secret here of what I've been doing in the last six months. Um, friends with some people in the MLB because you get the you know everybody takes their connections from different things, and from my connections. Uh, with the media, and, and I get to some access that some people don't get to have the access to, and as I've uh, been in this this these talks, trying to get to the MLB and get into the owners meetings, and I know that this is so far. I didn't mean to distract the show, but we just brought it up, but uh, I th- at some point in time, I am trying to get this to a vote to where that every MLB team. Has a fast pitch softball team attached to them? Right,
2: they have to dip their toe in at some point. I don't know how or what or how far, but MLB's got to dip. Their if, toe you,
1: in if you if you treat if you do this just like it's one of your farm systems, a Triple A or a Double A team, you build a nice stadium that holds five thousand to ten thousand people. You watch that that stadium get sold out. It, it, and I, I tell everybody it's the WNBA model. It's every, you know, every NBA team has that WNBA team. Yeah, you
0: know, you know, as as we all, you know, on the travel side, start the big national circuit, you know, at the highest level. And we're out there going to California and Colorado and Indianapolis and Oklahoma City and all those kind of places. We're starting to see representatives from from the MLB diversity programs coming yes. to look to find, you know, potential hires. For, sure for for young women to come and yes. be part of that so that you know that that's that's obviously a good thing um small plug of our own right you know because we're trying to expand 643 through a franchising model we're doing that we're doing a, a venture deal with Odyssey down in in Richmond and we're talking with other former athletes or current athletes we want women to stay in the game yes. And we want I, them to be leader. We want them to be leaders of that movement in the game. Yeah, and we believe that a, a business opportunity and an entrepreneurial opportunity to open up a six four three somewhere in the country is a great way for players, former players, coaches to, you know, obviously have a business opportunity, but really stay in the game that we all love.
1: Yeah, I, and I love that. By the way, I love what you guys are doing at six four three. I, I think it's fantastic. We went down and we got rained out at a a tier one down south. And we were like, you know what? We're just going to go over to 643. Right. All right. And I was like, there's a six, four, three down here. Like, That's almost like finding Chick-fil-A in an area, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you're like, really? There's can, we, a- <laughs> can we market that? Can we use that? <laughs> it's like-, <laughs>
2: <What's laughs> like those little six, four, three, <laughs> three magnets, man. You see them you yeah. be in Hawaii and you'll see them in the back of somebody's
1: car. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I love that. Right. Like in a couple of years, you know, when I retire from the fire department, my goal has always been my dad and my family used to live in Florida from where I'm from. And I, I want to go down and coach softball in Florida. Uh, as, as much as I've talked to Courtney about trying to get a job down there, she may not want to go down and coach a college softball team down there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to the guys out at 643. We'll just uh, – I'll coach. Open, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll open a 643 down there and then coach uh, college softball down there. That'll be my life. Or I'll just rent jet skis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe maybe you and I can do it together then. Yeah, right? that's fantastic. That? But so, back to
2: your original point, I, I really believe that if we had a nice little niche stadium – in Loudon County and had a pro team, it would do very well. And but, I gotta believe there's little hotbeds around the country. Pack that it, would, that You would pack do the them same. in.
1: Pack them in. Yeah. Pack them in. And, and and what you see that when the College World Series comes on ESPN, the amount of young ladies that show up from eight U to ten U to twelve U to fourteen U, you see them crowded along the fence signing autographs. Right. Uh, you know those those kind of things, and and those things make both people feel really good. Like like you're you're a college player signing. An autograph for a kid i i tried to make the high school do that it, it's so it, inside of our little city everybody has an elementary school that feeds to their to their middle school that feeds to their high school well every every game for us at our high school and i'm trying to implement that at Shenandoah that every every game every home game is a a game for that elementary school so but they get to come on the field they get to get autographs with the kids pictures with the girls and you don't you don't know who feels better the elementary right. school kid right. or the college kid, because now all of a sudden, you know, they are the big leagues. You you've once you get to college to play softball, you've made it to the MLB. The unfortunate thing is it's only four years. It's right. only five years. It's not like you get a 15 year experience. But you made it to the mountaintop. You made it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's uh NI or NAIA or JUCO. You made it like there are plenty of girls that are at home TikToking, Right. There are plenty of girls right. that are home facetiming and not playing college softball. So you should be excited and feel good about where you're at, and and no matter what level you play,
0: it's it's an amazing feeling for young women. So at six four three, for instance, we have you've been there. We have the commit wall, yes, right where we we promote and and you know the girls that have decided to go on and and have the opportunity to play at the next level. It's amazing when we're there, when the young kids come in and they walk through the door, Yeah. yeah, and they. They you just see them.
1: They just you know, see them oh, like, you yeah. <laughs> oh, you love it, yeah, you love it,
0: and they're like, "I want to be like that." Yes, you love it, and it's like, "Oh, that's so heartwarming." You
1: love it, or you right?
2: see them, you see them looking, or they're in the lobby and you see one of the girls who are on the wall walk in, and it's
1: like, yeah, oh, that's her. They're all her. Yeah, that's her. That's her. That is that is a good feeling. And yeah, and I, you know, you see that going back to our talk about there's no end game after softball, but that's what I try to tell all the girls in travel and in college is that I don't want you to be. Just the first baseman or just the pitcher or just a catcher or just a center fielder. Uh, the answer, and I tell all this to everybody, and I said this to your team the other night, Jimmy, was that if a college coach comes up and asks you what position you play, the answer is softball. I play softball because once you get to college, I don't care where you played in high school and I don't care where you played in travel. If you can hit, you're going to play. Right, So you better learn the game of softball because at the end of this, when this is get, is over, your four years is done and you're going to go be a nurse or you're going to go be whatever you're going to be, the only way to get paid back for all the years you play travel is to go coach somewhere. That's your payback because you get to give it back to the younger girls that that were like you when you were growing up. So I think that the girls now need to learn this whole entire thing. They need to learn how to play softball.
0: Yeah. And how, how do we teach them – how do we teach them the intrinsic value of giving back, right? I mean, this is, yeah. this, this is a full circle conversation, sure. right? We're talking about, okay, how, how do we... T- and, and break it down, break it down, not the, the, the collegiate level kid, right. um, but talk about the high school kid or the middle school kid. Sure. How, how do we get them to understand that it's just not all about them? Well, a yeah. lot of it is watching, I think.
2: You yeah. know, like, like when he was at our practice the other night, I, a coach came in and he made a big point as, you know, when a coach says, do you have any questions... Don't be that kid that's like, no. Yeah, you just, yeah, no. All of a sudden, my kids are asking them, you know, what do you get to Chipotle? <laughs> yeah. You know, just to come up with something. Yeah. yeah so yeah, they yeah. weren't standing there twiddling yeah. their thumbs. And right. they were asking you the craziest. What, I what love you like it. at Chipotle. What's your favorite movie? But
1: listen, that's great. Because when I go out to talk to pitchers on the pitcher's mounds or, or excuse me, I'm sorry, in the circle. Sure. I got to get out of that. Yeah. When I go talk to somebody in the circle, I, I literally never go out and talk about, hey, where do you think that pitch was? Or where do you think this was at? It's never that. No, it's a joke. It's, it's always like. Hey, uh, do you like creamy or crunchy peanut butter? Right. Yeah. Like you know, like... are a great gift. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and he needs some, you know, whatever. So, but we never talk about that. Like what's your favorite milkshake? Right. So when a coach asks you, Hey, you got any questions? Ask him. say, yes. How long have you been coaching? Or hey, uh, I see that you guys have uniforms. Do you like pinstripes on your uniforms, or do you like all white uniforms, or do you like the dark uniforms? Or hey, what did you have for dinner last night? Because I didn't. I don't know if I ate the right thing. Or you know, just ask the favorite color. Who cares? Just be. We are not there to watch you play softball, right? right? We know you can play softball. We know it. I was telling the team Jimmy the other night, and when I said this, I don't know. You know, you, you look for everybody's reaction, especially the coach's reaction when I say this. It's like. You did not have a tryout and pick those 12 girls because they suck. Right. Right. The, nobody went, well, she sucks, so we'll take her. Right. That's not how this works, right? I know that they can play softball. If I'm out watching your travel ball team, I'm out watching those girls how they got out of the car, how they talked to their parents, how their parents acted. Were their parents yelling at the umpires? Were their parents yelling at the coaches? Uh, did they have to go get water from their parent or did they come to the dugout prepared? You know, uh, did they go pick up the bat after a foul ball? You know, if the, after they make an error, do they go talk to the pitcher? Hey, make them hit it to me again. All the little things are what I'm looking for. I don't care if softball is being played. You know, I, I know you can play softball. Right. I trust your travel ball coach. <laughs> so
0: can, can I ask that the, from the from the college coach perspective, a conversation that we had in our last podcast uh-huh. with a big group of, of coaches and trainers, we talked about the balance between being a student, mm-hmm. at the high school level, Sure, being a student and being a player and the commitments associated with both. And what is your take on, uh, it's, it's October right now, for, for, we're recording this, but, but for timestamp purposes, we're sure. in October. And October brings a lot of homecoming activities associated right. with high school mm. and a lot of other sort of social events sure. that are in the high school's sure. calendar. How do you feel, or what would you do if a, if a if a kid maybe you've you've had this in the travel environment? Oh, before. a
1: thousand times! I right. know what you're getting right at. Hey,
0: you know, coach, I I, I I'm not going to be able to come the third week in October. Right. I'm telling you now, I'm not going to be able to be there because I really want to go to homecoming. Sure. I'm, I'm the homecoming queen, whatever it is. Yep. Yep. I want to go to homecoming. Yeah, and it's my junior year, and it might be my last opportunity, senior year, whatever. Right. What What is your take on that? Live your
1: life. Live your life. I want you to be a happy person, right? If you're a good human, you can play for me, right? I get all of that. Uh, You've made a commitment, but you've pre-warned the coach. I I like go live your life. I want you to get those experiences. I want you to have that picture with your homecoming uh, date or, you know, with your family. I want you to have all of those things. I don't want you to ever go to, you know, 10 years from now and go, hey, I don't have a homecoming picture. Oh, hey, I didn't get to go to homecoming with my friends because of softball. You know, I, I want you to have hey, – do you remember what happened at homecoming? No, I was at a tournament in Richmond in front of nobody. <laughs> like, you're like, I was at a like, – there were no coaches there. We were playing for a uh, uh, half a trophy. So I want you to go do – I want you to go have your life. Now, is it hard for travel ball coaches? Because I used to try to do this to where I would say, all right – Which weekend can I play where I lose the least amount of girls because they all go to different high schools and no high school. The the greatest thing that could happen to us right now is that all the high schools or some president comes in and says, this is a federal holiday. There's a a homecoming is on this Saturday. Right. Like Like, nobody's going to cancel all events. That's it. Right. The homecoming is for every school on October, whatever. Right. And we none of us play a game that just never works out that way. Uh, but I want those girls to go out and live their life. I don't. Want, I, I understand um, those things. We have homecoming this weekend at Shenandoah. So our, our fall play date is coming up, right? And it's been super tough for us to find a weekend to play. So we had to move it to a Friday. Like, this is the first time we've ever played on a Friday. And we're going to play because of the way the NCAA does the amount of innings and hours that we can play. We're going to start our games at Six o'clock at night and play probably till midnight because we're going to play two nine inning games yeah. against Shepherd. We're playing against Shepherd because homecoming's the next day, and we want the girls to be able to go to homecoming. Yeah, so it's it's just a it was a
2: it was a pretty. Pretty good debate, I would say. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a hundred percent on either side. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: Some some coaches are like, "No, nah, this is important. You have to do this. You 100%. made a commitment. You yeah, know. you you did this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you knew before you yeah. started doing this. Yeah, I get that. I, you know, and some coaches are like, "Hey, listen, but are you doing that for you, or are you doing that for them? Like, and because you're like." All right, I really want to put her in front of coaches. This tournament is this weekend, and I know that there's going to be 15 coaches there, especially the 10 coaches that you picked in your sophomore year to go look at. This is your only chance. So, hey, listen, I think that you need to go to this, right? Or are you doing this because, listen, I need you to win, right? I, as a travel ball coach, I need you to win this, and if I don't have you, we're not going to win. Well, you know, where where are you at in that? You know, so those are the things. Yeah, it's it's – it's- we, we do, we, we have to find balance, whether it's
0: the homecoming thing or how many times a week that they're going to a personal trainer or, you know, are they studying? Volleyball. But you know what? Yeah.
1: Playing, Volleyball's the
0: devil. Yeah. <laughs> playing, vo- uh I feel hockey too. So field hockey and volleyball. 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 One of our, one of our, one of our infielders for our travel team. We just got a call last night saying yeah. I sprained my MCL in oh. volleyball and I'm out for about three weeks.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Isn't that awesome? Thanks. Right. Isn't that awesome. uh,
0: first base oh, no, first. Yeah. isn't
1: that awesome yeah. so yeah. yeah that's that's a that's a tough one too because everybody talks hey how do you feel about multi-athlete kids but that's those kind of things are tough those are the tougher things for me because if you are committed to this sport and you want to play this sport now i love that you go play multiple sports it shows me that you're a good athlete but um tell the volleyball coach you're not going to make it on saturday you know i, I get you know we practice on high school we would practice on saturday right but tell the volleyball coach that you're trying to go to college to play softball and you'll make her practices Monday through Friday or do whatever she's got to do right after school but on Saturday I need to go play this because softball's my number one if the volleyball coach can't deal with that then you need to make a decision and those are the things that that in your brain you're like come on now are you going to are you going to college to play volleyball or are you going to college to play softball right, right so right
0: yeah we we had that we had a our, our now senior that's going on one go play in the big 10. She's, you know, she played basketball as well. Sure, and, You know, she had visits over the winter and camps yeah. over the winter and, and they worked it out. Right? They, right. they worked it out. And, um, you know, I think when common sense prevails then generally everybody works it out and sure. they're, they're happy when, when, when ego and common sense get put yeah. on the sideline, uh, you, you know, that's, that, that's sort of when things
1: Kep, that's the way the world works though yeah right that's the way the world works everybody asks what What are you republican or democrat i'm like i'm in the common sense division yeah, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I want, if it seems right let's let's do it right
0: so where where are you recruiting right now where are you where are you finding kids what are, what are if if after this conversation kids are like man i really like that guy and i got i got yeah. it where, where are you going to be what what how are you finding kids? What is it that you're looking for? Obviously, good human beings, not yeah. like being number one. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, sort of things going on at Shenandoah.
1: So that's probably that's probably a really good question because the biggest thing for me, and, and a lot of times this kind of gets caught up in the mix of what's happening and what's not happening, but I'm a big tier one guy, right? Because, and a lot of teams don't play the tier ones. They oh, that's low level teams. We're not going to go down there. we're not going to do this like i've got to go to atlanta i've got to go to scenic city i've got to go to colorado i've got to go to california i got to go to florida i'm a big tier one guy only because i'm not a big fan of sitting behind the backstop and watching tier one does this and so does brian pack down in south carolina and so does backwards k they do such a good job in florida with all of this but being able to be out on the field and talk to the girls at the same time that they're playing is fantastic for me. Like I really get to know the players and know the coaches and know the parents. You know, uh, the tier one does such a good job. We don't necessarily like being umpires, but we are the umpires, right? There's one home plate umpire and the college coaches are out there. They're coaching bases. They're also the umpires. So I might call somebody out on purpose, right? a reaction just to see what's going to happen did you jump up and throw your arms up at me did your parent yell at me and go did you really just call her out did you know those kind of things are what I'm looking for and I get to see all of that at tier one so I sign up for most of the tier ones I also learn a lot from other coaches that are there sometimes when you're out doing recruiting sitting behind the backstops you don't get a chance to talk to them about their programs or girls that are they having the same problems I'm having you know those different kind of things so I'm a huge Brian Pack Tier One, you know those kind of things. But right now, I'm on the Tier One tour. Uh, I will be in Raleigh this weekend. Okay. Uh, Wilmington the following, and then Newport News, and we've been all over Myrtle. Uh, tier One's expanded to Maryland. They're expanding to Florida. I'm, I, you know, so I recruit all over. I don't care what. We have one girl right now on the team from Orange County, California. We have another girl on the team from Reno, Nevada. Wow! So they all over. So we have girls coming from as far as New York, uh, Tennessee, all over. Right. So I'm always curious, or maybe it's all of the above. I mean, do you
2: do you go out on the road like this with the mindset of, all right, I'm going to attack some girls that reach out to me, the girls that are interested in the school, they know that they want to study or is it more of. All right, man. We need a we need a big hit in first baseman. I am going to go out there and find that, right? Or how does that work? I mean, what's your what's your focus when you go out there? Um, as far as what you are looking for, are you are uh, just hoping,
1: yeah. So we recruit pitcher, catcher, hitter, right? So I, that's the way I recruit. I don't recruit. I, hey, I need a shortstop, or hey, I need a first baseman, right? Because uh, once you come to Shenandoah, if I feel like I need you in the lineup, I am going to teach you how to play first base. I am going to teach you how to play third base. I am going to, if I think that you can do that position and play, I am going to teach you those things. Hard, hard for me to teach you how to pitch and hard to catch already at the college level. It's hard to get rid of those those uh, tendencies or what you've been going to catching coaches for the whole, you know, your whole life doing one thing. I get all of that. Um, The one thing that I'm out there looking for is basically like I talked about, uh, good athlete, good human, uh, good academics. It's hard for me to go out and I look at somebody's sheet and it's it, it still boggles the mind that a that a coach now I get it they want to be honest but let me find that out by talking to you first when they go oh her she's a 29 on her GPA i'm like uh, maybe we should just left that blank like hey we don't know yet you know yeah. that's like putting <laughs> that's like putting your home to first time It's like 3 3.9 yeah right yeah. maybe maybe we shouldn't put that on there yeah. but you know we go after uh, good academics it's academics uh atti- or attitude academics athletics um, so those kind of things that I'm looking for, I really, when I go out to the tier ones, the, uh, the, uh, energy that I put out, I, the girls that come over and talk to me are the ones that I'm interested in. If girls don't want to come talk to me, that's fine. I'm not a big sit around kind of guy. Uh, I'm very involved with every play. I talk to them. Uh, the way you talk to young ladies is, is, is specific. And I, and I, and I want them to be going, you know what? I want to go to Shenandoah because of coach Shaver.
2: And if they shoot, you, they might shoot you an email and say, "Hey, Coach Schaefer, I see you're going to be down at Tier One. Come over and check me out." Happens happens every time. Yeah, and you just you, you you might make time to go over and check an inning or If they're
1: out. not, if they don't fall on my field, if they don't fall on my field, and they make, they send me an email. First of all, no more blast emails, right? Don't send out blast emails. That's the worst thing on the planet. If you send me an email that says, "Hey, Coach Schaefer, I see you're going to be at Tier One." uh i'm not on your field but i'm gonna come over and talk to you fantastic that's exactly i don't i play shortstop my hit you know my velo is this and i hit this and i do this and i i don't care about any of that you just made you just told me you were gonna come out of your way because i'm not on your field to come talk to me all of a sudden i know what your name is and i want to talk to you and see what's going on now after i talk to you in person i see what you really are like and I'm gonna come over, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, I'll be right back in an inning." I'm gonna go over and watch this girl hit. I'm gonna go over and watch this girl play. I'm gonna see how she interacts, and those are the kind of things. Because that she
2: passed for. the initial personality Correct. test. Correct. Right? Because
1: she went out of her way and to show the interest. Right. She heard from someone, Hey, I really want to go to Shenandoah. They have my programs. I want to be a nurse. I want to. I want to be an athletic trainer. Those kind of things that are at Shenandoah. I saw the field. I saw pictures. I tell everybody the Shen- the campus is the Beverly Hills of the East Coast. You know, the place is beautiful. It's got fountains. Like, it's crazy over there, uh, especially for a D3 to have those kind of things. It's just amazing. It doesn't look like an oversized high school. It looks like a college campus. Right. And those kids get attracted to that, and then it's even better when they talk to Coach Allen. Coach Allen is such a draw. You should see the girls because they all just love her so much, you know. And it's, it's just uh, one of those things that – I'm going to be attracted to the noise and the energy. If you come over and talk to me. Uh,
0: that That's great. Take us, take us a little behind the scenes on. Okay. So you, you've, you've gone out to a tier one event. You've gone out for the weekend. Now you're back in the office. Mm-hmm. Is there the big board?
1: There is. It's funny. You say that there is the big board. Uh, so, so coach Allen has the big board. It's, um, it's it's we will put that up on the dry erase board um, and then she'll take a picture of it and then erase it. So nobody else can see it. Uh, or, and most of the time she keeps it on her laptop. And so I get back and I send the scouting report. I, I take all the flyers that people have and I get home. Uh, a lot of times people will go, Here, here's my flyer and they see me roll it up and put it in my bag. But I'm really good at remembering the players when I get home. I'll be like, oh, yeah, she did a really good job. I, you know, I don't need to, to sit there with a clipboard and, and, and mark. Oh, she made this or she did that. I can tell who who can play and who can't play. I can normally can tell who can play and who can't play by warm-ups. Yeah. Usually by warm-ups. I don't even really even need to watch you play. Like how you warmed up and throw, good throwing motion, took it serious, didn't joke around, you know, had, you know took all those kind of things. I could go out and watch that kind of thing and say, all right, that girl can play. All right, this girl, you know, watch her hit off the the tee and the bonnet. All right, that girl can hit. All right? this girl can't. All right, well, we're going to have to work on that one, right? So I can go see that. But there is the big board, and I'll send her – five six kids and i'll send her from one to ten or one to seven or however many girls hey this is our number one if we're going to make an offer this is the girl we want to go get this is the number two of you know this is this is another good one and i'll put in their little notes great attitude uh really quick on the bases reads you know uh reads the ball well those kind of things so but she gets all of that for me every time so it, it's fun to go out and, and meet all these kids, and I have to come home and do homework. You know? And <laughs> that's where I turned into, all right, Kevin, let's not mess this up. Yeah. No, that's, it's its great to
0: get a little behind-the-scenes information for these young girls to understand what it is that yeah, people are looking for. Because y- y- you sort of said it. You can watch it from warm-ups. You know, you, you may go sit there for three innings, and the girl never gets a ball hit to her. Right. Right? I mean, or, or she gets walked. Sure. Or gets hit by a pitch or whatever. So she's zero, you know. Zero swings. Zero swings (laughs) and zero plays in the field, right? So, you
2: know, it's it's just. similar in high school tryouts too, right? It doesn't take long.
1: Oh, you can tell right away. You can tell You can tell right away. Walking from the parking lot. Sometimes (laughs) you can tell by what they're wearing. Yes, you can tell right away. But, you know, that's one of those things where, according we have we have listed, you know, uh, we, we number the kids one, two, three, or four. You know, I have her as a two. I have her as a three uh you know but she's a two but with a good attitude might move her up you know if one of the ones doesn't commit uh depending on how many players are leaving us or how many and how many offers we have out who's coming in and who's not coming position wise um we do look at all of that stuff you know like hey we she's a, i saw her play shortstop she's really good at shortstop and then she gets there well our senior second baseman graduated you know we'll we'll move a shortstop over to second because we have an upperclassman that's in there uh you know Listen, you're going to win games with freshmen. You're going to win championships with upperclassmen, and that's just the way it works for us. Yeah. Just
2: out of curiosity, um, is there some competitiveness in there between you guys and 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 CNU or Oh my god, like Brandon Elliott? And, are you kidding? And, 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 and are you kidding? Uh, like so? Yeah, I mean, I know you're all buddies because every yes. all you guys are super cool. Yes, um, and have great programs, but I'm sure there's some.
1: Oh, there's it's some, so funny we're all such good friends we're all on the tour we're all on a tour together uh it was so great to see josh freeman get the job yes, at farum yes. josh is one of my favorite oh, people I didn't know that. yes yeah josh yes, he's back yeah he's oh, back from awesome. texas so that josh is, awesome. is over at farum it's awesome but then I'm like, oh, my God, Here we go. <laughs> like Farrah, yeah. like, oh, no. Right. But um, Randolph with Kaz, yeah. you know, uh, you always have to worry about Dawn down at Lynchburg. You got to worry about Mike at Roanoke, Brandon over at Virginia Wesleyan, uh, even Brian now is Sweetbriar that's in the ODAC. Right. So you start talking about and we all get together and we have so much fun and we're all for Meg over yeah, at Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah. So you start talking and they're all such good. Courtney and Megan are best friends yeah. when when the game comes on, they don't know each other. Like, you, you, like, they're like, hey, we're going to – and it's their thing because over the summertime, they play golf. Nobody wants to sit in a golf cart and, and talk about getting your ass whooped, right, 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 Excuse right. me, but no. nobody – you know what I'm saying? I don't
2: like it when my friends kick my ass. So, yes. Yeah. Right? You're so st- We're
0: still talking about
1: <laughs> – yeah. I wasn't talking about our games, Kevin. But, but, I was referring to golf, but, uh, but, but thanks. But there – yeah, just rub it in. But listen, they, the, everybody is so competitive in the ODAC, and we all know each other, and we all scout, and we all watch video – but, you know, when the game comes on, it's time to go. At the end of the games, like last year, we did, We had a really good showing against Virginia Wesley, right? It wasn't our greatest year. It wasn't our worst year last year at Shenandoah. We made the tournament, had a great Had a great season, had a great tournament. We Roanoke was sitting in the number one seed. We lost one to nothing at Toronto. They're the number one seed. We're the number eight seed. Right. I don't know how that makes me feel. Right. I don't know if I should be like, listen, they're yeah. the number one and we're the number eight. We should get beat 20 to nothing. Yeah.
0: Right, but it's it's whether or not you believe in moral victories. Right, guess, right? right. So, but like, listen, the, the, hey, the commanders have been talking about that all <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah,
1: no kidding. Right. So, but there's that thing of, all right, we just hung with the number one seed. It's one to nothing, right? And then we played uh, Guilford, who had a great season. They were sitting number two. We lost three to four, even though we beat Guilford during the regular season, right? So those things, you know, Rob over there is, is such a good coach. But so you start talking about the competitiveness. We had such a great game against Virginia Wesley and Brandon comes over after the game and goes, I don't know why. We can't just finish you guys. We we they, they beat us three to four and like five to six or something, right? It's not like he goes and he beats other teams and we just play up and we play competitive. And those guys just worry to death, you know. We we worry to death. Well,
0: it means it it, it. it sounds to me like it means the program's in, headed in the right direction. Yes. Right? That the trajectory is where it is that you guys are looking to go, and um, and you know sort of just build on that build on that cause.
1: Yes. And and I and I tell him I'm coming. Right, I, like right, I, like right, every yeah, time yeah. I'm like, all right, keep messing up. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. climb the mountaintop. Yeah, I'm right.
2: yeah. <laughs> We're going to get you. And they love it, I'm sure. They do. Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah. And
1: that's the other thing, though, in the ODAC is such a hard thing because the pool around here, everybody's going after the same great player. Everybody's right. going after those good players. So for me to be able to get down to, to – to, or get to Pennsylvania or to get to South Carolina, North Carolina, and start finding those girls to come up here and play in the ODAC because, you know, the Virginia, the Virginia softball pool is so big, but then you all of a sudden – it gets just wiped out by every D3 college, every D2 college, and every D1 college because everybody's playing softball here.
2: Have yeah. you seen a, a, a big growth in the last 5, 10 years in the level of talent around here? Growth? Yeah. I don't there know about, no growth in the uh, game, but what yeah, about
1: talent level? I don't know about talent level. I feel like what's happening is, is there are so many travel ball teams now that I've, it's hard to find a team that is just solid all the way yeah, through.
2: Yeah, the good players are all spread it's out. It's spread
1: yeah. out, right? So because somebody was upset with a travel ball coach or somebody's parent was upset, well, I'm going to take her over here because now she's going to get to play, right. right, and over here. And then you say, like, all right, well, there's no travel ball team for you to try out for, so I'm just going to start my own. Right. So I'll know you play if I coach. Has that made it more difficult it is. for you? A thousand percent. Right, on the recruiting side? Yes. A thousand percent. You can only be in one place at one time. Correct. So that's why it's so tough for me. Right. Because I get so many emails a day. Coach Allen gets so many emails a day and we have to pick and choose of where we are going. The reason that I go to the tier ones is so I can get on the field. Right. So I, I encourage every team, even if you are one of those teams that says, listen, I am going to play in Florida, Scenic City, Atlanta, play at least two, maybe one tier one a year because some of the girls on your team may not be a D1 player. You may have some that'll be D2 or D3 players and those coaches get to see them and talk to them. I love, and this is the other thing that kind of puts you on full tilt when we play the tier ones is you get to see the the travel ball coaches that uh, can't get rid of their control issues. Right, we, because the tier ones are designed for us to coach. They're they're designed for us to coach. Uh, when I was playing travel, I'd go sit in the stands, and if a college coach wanted to come and talk to me about a player, they knew where I was. I'd say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to be over here. You the, the girls can make their own lineup. They I've I've trained them to call their own pitches and to make their own lineup. They know where they go, uh, and they'll rotate through the subs. If you you coach them, you talk to them. I want you to say the same things that I am saying to them, right? And So we go to the tier one. We get a travel ball coach that. Can't do that. Hey, uh, I think it's better if I coach third base. They're, 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 they feel a little more comfortable yeah. with me here at third base than you. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what class are you going to enroll in next year when they, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what, where where are you going? Like, where are you going to be? So I think, you know, it's great to be able to get out there, but I get to learn so much at all these different things, but I just can't be everywhere at once. Right. So, so, sort of like, so a great segue, sort of maybe final question, sort of
0: wrap things up sure. is, is you know, what is your top couple pieces of advice for youth coaches and youth athletes as they go through this process? Whether whether they're ultimately going to play at the collegiate level or not, we want them to be good human beings. Right, right. So I- so, so what, talk to us a little bit about whether it's on the coaching side, maybe it's letting go, maybe mm-hmm. on the player side, it's being more aggressive, but, well, you know, talk to us a little bit about what your thoughts are on, on giving some advice and key points for coach, both coaches and athletes moving
1: forward. Right. I, I think the main thing is, is you want it to be fun, right? We talk about that all the time is, Hey, this needs to be fun, but they also need to learn a little di- discipline in there about how this is going to go. So something as simple, like we were talking about earlier is like, Hey, at practice, everybody's wearing the same color pants. You know that's i've taught you that if you don't do that right so that's the little bit of discipline in there right hey i need you to wear this shirt hey uh, we're all wearing red socks tonight And some girl says hey i forgot my red socks it's white socks okay i forgot to practice i forgot to to, to help you today like those are the kind of things that are going to happen in life so have some fun like when i get out to practice jimmy's just talking about it we're having fun you don't know you're learning because we're having so much fun right Uh, I think that the travel ball coaches need to go to camps or clinics themselves, some of them. And if you're going to be serious about this and your girls are serious, go talk to college coaches. Go have a conversation with them. I don't want you to be a a car salesman as a travel ball coach. You know, I I try to tell all the, you know, we get to the tier one and the travel ball coach comes out and grabs me, Kevin. And they go, "Uh, you need to look at this, 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 and this, and this, and this, right? And these are the girls. I think you really need to get this and this and this and this and this. And it makes me feel like I've gone to the car dealership. Right. Like when you land on the car dealership and pull into the lot and the guy comes running out of the double doors and says, Oh, I have this great red car over here. Well, cool. I'm looking for a blue one. Yeah, but the red one, you gotta see the red one, right? Like I I don't need the car salesman. I promise you, when I find a car that I like, I will come find the salesman, right? I will come find the travel ball coach. If I see something, I'll be like, Hey, that girl's really good. Tell me a little bit about her. Right. That's what that's what we're looking for. But as far as those players, I think they need to have fun. I think they need to focus on uh, if this is for them or not, do they want to go uh, college softballs? A little bit of a job when you get to school, you know, you're going to get up at 6 a.m. and lift and you're going to go to class and then you're going to go to study. Oh, and then you're going to go back individual. So all those little things you have to determine whether or not that's for you or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
1: lastly,
2: how do we, how do we tell these athletes how great e 3 softball in Virginia is? How do we um, get this message across? Cause I would, I tell Kevin all the time. I got some girls on my high school team that'll hit a single against Potomac Falls. And next thing I know, there's a video on Twitter attacking Patty Gasso. <laughs> and I'm like, probably not the right approach, right? So, right,
1: I, I, I... <laughs> you know, like how, how do
2: we get no. that message across, no, man? I, because I just... it's 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 not there yet.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that it's uh, important for those girls to get out and watch games, yeah. right? And it's fantastic when I see uh, a team show up at our game and see how it works yeah and during practice uh, how it works during a game I think that they have to come out and see the d3 level of competition uh, I, you know it, they don't believe it yet they don't believe it. A stigma. And, it right so yeah. and I, they don't believe it and they they have to come out and understand and see that on their own uh, how good d3 is mm-hmm. um, it is hard to explain because we last year when we played the d2 you know we play always play up when we when we play our fall play date we're in the game Right? I You know, we're in it. And in, in you're playing. It's not like you're going to play somewhere else. We're in it. Right? So um, well, we, uh, t- we talk
0: all the time. It's like, you know, whether it's you guys or Brandon or Keith or like, yeah, like you guys could go play some mid-major. Yeah. Yeah. D1
1: games. and All the time. Be just, just yes. fine. Yes. And that's why it's just so competitive. I you mean, know. Tech
2: played that game here locally. And I know I had a bunch of girls go over there and yeah. say, you know. Yeah. we could compete in that game yeah not against maybe tech but yeah, against yeah, yeah. their opponent
1: yeah no i I, know. I mean hey uh you know first of all that was some bad weather yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was some bad was weather, some bad weather. Yeah, yeah, i trying to great. get them to play that game at shenandoah i told them the turf uh, is gonna really? yeah i told them the turf will save them yeah. but listen jason and uh, a coke the ad out there and mike did a good job of getting the field ready because it was some terrible weather yeah. out there so but, you know, that, that, that that's that's the kind of things that they need to go see. Yeah. yeah. They pulled yeah. it off, though, because yeah. the weather was bad. Yeah, it was. Bad. My field would
0: have been fine, by the way. Well, yeah. Riverside's always. <laughs> well,
1: they, they actually called me and said, hey, you got a field for us to play on. Yeah. They, they called me first. and really? They were going to play at Osborne because they had seen the complex. Yeah. And it's more set up like college than most of the high school fields. And uh, I guess the Virginia Tech coach knows Jason Koch, the AD out there. So yeah. they just ended up going out there. Mike And Mike Corbin does such a good job with his program and, and getting things ready out there. So.
0: Well I can't thank you enough for uh, this hour flew by. Yeah. It really really flew by. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, I can't thank the Salisbury Center enough for hosting us and having us here. Scott, behind glass, we really appreciate your efforts. Um, So it's been a fantastic hour. And thank you so much, Coach Schaefer, for your time. And I know for both of us, we probably – you always have an open invitation to come to (laughs) practice. Of course.
1: Thanks. Listen, I am out there. If you guys want me to come to your practice, hit me up. I'm coming. Hey, so for uh, for Jimmy and I and, and Coach Schaefer and everyone here at the Salisbury Center,
0: Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, live life like a 3-1 count. All right, go out and make it a great day. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks. Have guys. a great day.